You're listening to Watercolor Wash, a painting podcast for self-taught artists and whoever loves watercolors. My name is Vasu and my journey is just like yours. In today's podcast, I'm going to talk about a very important topic and the topic is how to control your watercolor so as you all know it is always being said that watercolor is one of the most difficult mediums where you have very little flow and one of the most difficult parts when it comes to watercolor is to control the flow if you are able to control the flow of water you're able to control the whole painting and watercolor just becomes as easy as any other medium so we'll go and discuss this more further in detail and I will also give you some tips and some exercises to do how to control and you can in return let me know did it work for you or not. I have a few lessons as well out there somewhere if you wish to have a look at them I'll share the link below. So let's talk about it more in detail. So as you know that watercolor is, as the name suggests, it's water and color in your brush. And we have four unique washes, wash types, wet on wet, wet on dry, dry on wet, dry on dry. So all these washes um, in the same order is having lesser water, wet on wet, when your paper is wet and your brush is wet. So that's your wet on wet and both the things have more water and then there is wet on dry which is your paper it, paper is uh, dry but your brush is having more water so by more water I want to say more flow your brush will uh, will transfer more color and more water in the paper and uh, to have it controlled you need to uh, understand how much water do you exactly need until and unless you are doing something like you know like a uh, cauliflower effect on the watercolor uh, on the on the paper or if you want to do like a really loose watercolor even in the loose you don't need so much water so so you have to to keep in mind how much water do you really need and to keep that in check uh, I would suggest you have two things right by your side. One of the things is something which can absorb water. It could be a tissue paper, it could be a uh, paper towel, or it could be a sponge, which is uh, highly recommended because a sponge is a is a reusable item. So you can always have that. Second thing that you need to have is another, I think, a low-quality watercolor paper by the side, just like a rough um, so that you can always test how much water do you have and get the idea of it. And I will also talk about thin paint and thick paint. Um, uh, uh, higher flow doesn't mean higher color intensity or higher color intensity doesn't necessarily mean, uh, doesn't necessarily mean less water. So we'll talk about thin and thick paints. But uh, let's come back to the topic and uh, get to the flow again. So the flow is, uh, if you go to any um, 
any digital painting apps for instance uh, for instance procreate or i use adobe fresco myself and you'll see in the settings you'll see flow and paint mix so when we are talking about flow it's exactly the same thing that they're talking about in the application it's it's just the amount of water or the amount of viscosity in case of oil or in case of acrylic the uh, higher the viscosity higher the flow is and same thing is with water there is very little viscosity but there is a lot of flow in that so you can what you need to do is you need to uh, either use a tissue or a paper towel and absorb some of the water before you are going to paint on the actual painting and try it on the paper that is besides you it could be any paper it could be uh, it's preferable if you have another watercolor paper from very old painting it doesn't mean to have uh, to be very important or a low quality watercolor paper or even cartridge paper is fine just to check how the how your flow is so once you know how to uh, to do this flow uh, once you, once you know how to control this flow you will be able to see like you know it's very very easy for you to control your painting otherwise what happens once you mess up the flow of the water in your painting you start messing it up again and again so it it looks overworked you never get the intended result and that's how uh, you you get into a trap where eventually the end result is is not a good result and at the same times it's not satisfying i have uh, told this in in a lot of my um, interactions with other people that you do painting to get relaxed and if you if you don't follow all these things if you don't follow a little bit of small plannings then it becomes painful for you usually and a lot of people um, get frustrated and leave it midway so with watercolor if you want peace of mind just know how to control the watercolor and this single thing will change everything for you it doesn't matter how bad quality your material is if you are able to control that you will still be able to get better results i wouldn't say the best but you will start definitely start looking at it uh, in a much different way since we are in the same topic i would like to give you some examples where you can find this kind of control and uh, some examples where you can uh, look at physically happening this phenomena and apply in your uh, in your paintings the best way to learn is try it yourself but i will tell you where you can look at so if you go if you know uh, an artist called stan miller uh, an american artist uh, still living very good artist and uh, i like his works as well so when i was a beginner i genuinely don't watch a lot of youtube videos i don't uh, watch a lot of youtube videos not because of uh, the ego or something that i don't want to learn i generally don't watch it because i don't want to um, ruin my style which i have already accumulated so uh, so what happens is when we follow a certain artist if we are picking up his methods and techniques and skills it's completely fine but if we are picking up their style and you know after a few paintings you do from that artist you you try and uh, 
even if you try not to you end up picking up their style or getting inspired by them so i try and avoid that so i don't watch a lot of stan miller but he had some really good basic uh, watercolor skills videos in the beginning of his youtube channel so he had like a numbered class on youtube so i think uh, class 9 or class 11 there's somewhere there you will see uh, it's on youtube by the way stan miller s-t-a-n-m-i-l-l-e-r great artist i love his portraits it's a little bit unconventional than others but i like his portrait style the most one of the most um liked portrait style portrait style of mine and he did teach about uh controlling the brush so as soon as i saw that i thought like you know i used to wonder about it and i found out some methods for that as well with the tissue but as soon as he i saw that thing explained to me by someone else i was really happy that i'm going in right right direction so do watch that or there is uh, so that uh, video is just like a you know like a small skill tutorial but if you want to see that in application for a whole hour by a master have you ever heard about uh, uh, sergey tamrev so sergey tamrev is a russian artist a watercolor artist and he majors in sky i have never seen anyone making better sky than him there are a few close match uh, i think kamti harusaki from japan but uh, sergey tamrev is amazing in sky and there i think there is one or two demo only on youtube because he does not own any youtube channel somebody uploaded his uh, like tutorial for a moment and I, I came across to that because i was looking for his paintings which are very rare to find now i found his instagram uh, but before that i looked in on youtube if they, he, if they have his paintings and I, i went through this tutorial how he draws so the whole uh, tutorial for one hour is just a clear demonstration of how to control the water extreme amount of control he painted wet on wet and he told that i hardly have water in my brush and th that was amazing to hear and amazing to um, amazing to see so if you guys uh, want to see that you can do that as well i'm going to create a skillshare class especially explaining this and demonstrating this in various paintings uh, but if you if you want to check uh, like one of my paintings um i'm i'm trying to upload a picture on this uh, a a cover of this episode if i'm able to upload you can see that picture on this episode and i will also share my skillshare class link where i have painted a mountain which is extremely the mountain texture the texture of the rock is completely dry on dry but the surrounding the water color, uh, the the sky and the mist is is all wet on wet or it is uh, a, there is some dry on wet as well so wet on wet dry on wet so all these things have very precise controlled uh, water so that that that's the video that you can watch so i have these three references for you to uh, to have a look and um, i think these three video references one from stan another one from sergey tamrev 
and you can find many others as well and the last one is mine um, I don't have a very specific class on how to control the water but there is one class where I talk about two techniques um, and that that class does have control of watercolor uh, watercolor control it it talks about the concept and it demonstrate that concept the the actually the the class is about two different techniques of washes how how to club them together but definitely demonstrates the uh, third aspect of it how to control the water so if you get a chance please go through it and uh, i'll be very happy if you guys um, look at my class so as you know most of the learning that you can do especially with self-taught artist is better learn when you do it yourself so this is also um, this applies to the control of watercolor as well you know the the control of flow of water as well the more you do do it on by yourself the more you learn so just watching the video will not will never help you unless and, and until and unless you apply and pick up some topics which um, which you find difficult to control water for instance flat washes for instance um, i think flat washes are hard to do if you have less color on your palette even if you have pre-mixed a lot of colors and you try to do flat washes somehow it ends up having a bad gradient or overlap of um, layers if the water is less so this way you can you know you can easily learn how to control that wash i found it difficult and it could be easier for some people who have practiced a lot of flat washes but this really helped me get through those flat washes another thing that uh, you can do is i work in a lot of dry on dry so or usually called dry brush so uh, i know my podcast is uh, getting popular very much in america rather than uh, more than any other country and most of my listeners are americans so you must be familiar of works from Andrew White, uh, one of the legends of American art, um, he got presidential medal, and m many of his paintings um, are dry on dry. Usually, they are done in act tempera, and uh, but he has a significant amount of watercolor as well. So he didn't do much work in oil, frankly. I don't know even if any exist, uh, but I saw his act tempera work. And I saw his watercolor work. They both are complementary to each other. There is not so much difference in his style. He has his unique uh, signature style. I actually saw it in another artist from France uh, in 1600s, but he died like when he was 32. So his work was very limited. I'm, I'm forgetting his name, uh, but he was another watercolor artist whom I saw a glimpse of Andrew White before his time. Um, but Andrew White's work is a lot of dry on dry and I also work on a lot of dry on dry uh, to get to capture that detail so Andrew White builds uh, he if he has something so watercolor is a very immediate medium so you paint and most of your painting is done within two hours but Andrew White the, the way he did it in like he went uh, he saw something and then he went 
on it for hours of small dry brush strokes and he eventually reaches there somehow he reaches there and he creates that magic so there is immense amount of uh, control there in watercolor dry on dry sounds easy like you know you already have you almost have no water you already have no water so what is there to control right you definitely need some water even if you're drawing like doing a dry, dry on dry because the paint is not going to get onto the brush by itself unless there is some water um, intended to that and that's the hardest to control uh, by flow and we frankly rely on the cold press paper or the rough uh, paper a rough watercolor paper which is high high grain paper uh, the the texture of the paper and uh, and the troughs and crests that touches the brush and only picks up on a certain point and it's also important that in some places even in dry on dry you end up doing some flat washes which are intended so i saw those strokes and i was mind blown right away because i knew this concept how this can be done <laughs> so like it was a crazy moment for me when i saw his watercolors and i looked and zoomed into that to see what what it looks like i have been to america um on a few occasions three or four times and i always thought of visiting a museum which has an andrew white work and i was never able to get get there um, andrew white and dean michel these two artists i want to see in when i want to go to america i wish next time it happens and i i see both the paintings uh, by myself but yeah let's come back to the topic and um, the more you do on your own the controls of water try all these four washes um, just like you know on a paper with different amount of controls for half an hour in a day and remember that so one of the ways to remember what you did is you do a like a effect on a paper and take a pencil and write about it on the rough paper itself on the on the painting paper itself that i did this i this was the color this was the amount of water i used and this is the effect i got so you know even our palettes i'm not talking about the palette which has actual color i'm talking about the mixed palette that that's on the paper right now we we tend to forget like what color we used so just take like a pencil and write above it like this was the on the or on the side of it so like water like maybe 20% or something and this color maybe 10% and 90% of the other color so the uh, right, try to write down on there and you will remember that and the best way to remember is do it again two or three times and then apply that concept in a painting of your choice and whatever feels difficult to you apply that and and see the result if it makes it easier if it makes it easier then definitely it's working and i will um, keep telling you i don't mind sharing any secrets because this is the way i learned the way i learned watercolor is very 
it, it, it's a it was a very lonely journey in, in the beginning but then i started uh, finding other people's work and i started um, catching up what they are doing especially the old masters i go to the you know, google arts and culture application and if you go to that app you'll see one very interesting thing and that interesting thing is you can zoom up to the painting size which is incredible to to have a look at at the actual brush stroke or to the actual stroke you know so it makes it much more easier and that's how i like kind of reverse engineered it or kind of um interpreted it that what was used and what was how it was intended to do and what was the result and that's how i started um doing my journey and i didn't learn it from youtube that's the only reason and uh, if you can go to my um if you can go to my instagram you'll see a couple of portraits that i did uh, one is i did of uh, christopher hitchens and uh, i know it's a very controversial <laughs> he was a very controversial man but i did that uh, portrait for uh, uh, one effect which was coming on his uh, forehead which was a very oily forehead a lot of shine and at the same time i have to maintain uh, the warmth of his uh, rest of his face and the sh shadows it was a very interesting uh, click so i took that image and i painted it so you will see it 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 is a very unconventional watercolor portrait and yet very episode on how to do advanced portrait in watercolor or or a very realistic portrait in watercolor and i will put that up as a cover so that way as well you can see and uh, i'm intending to do three part uh, portrait workshop uh, so the workshops i do in china is mostly for english speaking people um, currently i live in china by the way uh, for my job and um, and there is a group of people here um a group of foreigners to say who um who come once in like two or three weeks and every week we have a workshop sometimes it's oil sometimes it's acrylic and i go and teach their watercolor so uh, so i did three part workshop there one was um beginner's portrait and i just did some pencil and very basic watercolor on the portraits and then i did uh, then some uh, some of the members were very really interested and they wanted to do like how can we um, make it better or or they were interested in it so i ended up having creating a program of three levels of um, three levels of watercolor portraiture and only i saw the results i think up to intermediate they did well but i when i went to uh, the advanced watercolor there were only i would say like out of 10 there were only two people who actually grasped it so i and it it if it uh, it actually wasn't the fault of the uh, people or peop or my teaching as well it was mostly about the practice so they didn't do a lot of practice in the intermediate level and 
that really clearly showed that you know to get to this level you can't get here after like you know a break of two months having not done any portrait and when you were intermediate so if you're advanced you can get the same results probably if, even if you're doing it after two to three months that's completely fine so advanced is actually for the people who who really keep working on their portrait as a craft and then they want to do something better so that's that that's what that's how i do it whenever i get a commission especially for the portraits i do a couple of portraits before i do that one before i do the commission and so in in my profile you will not see so many portraits um but if you will see some portraits you will see it's back to back two or three portraits of uh, random people so those are like my practice works that i do right before doing the commission and i hardly post the commission on my instagram because uh, so most of the time it's usually personal to the people who commission me so that's another uh, yeah anyways <coughs> coming back to the controlled watercolor so yes dry and dry is not as easy as like it sounds when it comes to controlling the watercolor because the moment you add like tiny bit more you are not going to get that texture you are going to get uh, a most common wash but the moment you have very little water on your you will um, you will at least not destroy the painting you will at least you still get, get like a chance to put up another dry dry wash which is perfectly balanced it's uh, it's it sounds it's it's much harder to explain than to do it and and the best way you can learn is do it by yourself so next time you're doing and um, please uh, uh, please see and observe uh, be mindful of 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 having your your paint controlled another thing that um, that's a very common uh, topic or, or trending topic in in watercolor is mindful watercolor i i have no clue what they they mean by that i haven't seen the videos yet and i'm pretty sure that it should be very cool thing but the thing the way i see it the, the way i felt when i paint is uh, i started getting more mindful while while i'm painting on purpose because you know um, i made a lot of i used to make a lot of mistakes that uh, the highlights especially i used to paint on the places where i am not supposed to paint and i never use um, i never use masking fluid so i need to leave my my whites very white and i used to paint over that thank god i can lift some color but still you have lost uh, the fresh white so after that i started getting a little bit mindful on leaving those white and overall it changed my habit on how i approach my painting now while i am painting i usually used to plan before i paint and i know that results will come but now i not only plan but i also keep uh, keep things under my control that oh i should leave that part and it has become a very natural process for me now
so this is one practice that that i follow and it also helps me keep in check of my flow of so that's uh, this is uh, something it it sounds very um, i would i wouldn't say very spiritual or but it's it's there is one aspect of uh, or one practical example of mindfulness that you can apply uh, especially to control the watercolor is to be aware of the fact how much water you have in your brush and where you are sticking it where where are you touching your paper in with that brush so that that uh, these two things will definitely help you get better results i don't know how much it completely depends on where, whether you already practice this and to what extent you need to improve it i still need to improve it a lot of artists needs to improve it nobody gets perfect uh, except a few <laughs> that i when i see their work but yeah uh, this is something that that's a constant process it doesn't come in a day even if you know this concept of controlling the flow of your water uh, you still need to practice a lot and i would say you know uh, once you are good like you have done each kind of painting for nearly 50 to 100 times uh, you will be very good at it and another way to do it is once you are doing once you are getting better at certain paintings <coughs> start making bigger version of it you know then you will really know whether your proof of concept where does it uh, stand so you are good at smaller stages can you get it better at at the bigger stages so i was uh, invited for a exhibition and i will tell you why i'm saying this i was ex- uh, invited for exhibition in the same city that i'm living in right now and it was a group exhibition and uh, so they they came to me and they told me that uh, we need this much amount of paintings how many you have or do you have a specific body of work because a few artists canceled last moment they came to me again like oh do you have 20 more or do you have a specific set of body of work i told them see there is i have what we have i have is a lot of doors which is a body of work and there are a lot of sparrows uh, that is another body of work but all these subjects uh, doors are bigger paintings obviously but the sparrows are very small paintings and i didn't do um, a lot of them and most of them gets sold very easily so most of my sparrow painting actually it was um, bought by just one lady who was opening uh, a very nice boutique and a shop and she wanted to have um, original work um so she just bought like my 12 of my small size paintings uh, all of them were sparrows and i i had a few before that uh, exhibition but none of them were big enough so you know it's it's very important that you have bigger paintings as well so if you look at uh, the sparrow paintings of uh, rukiye garib so rukiye garib is um, is a turkish artist and uh, she has a twin sister ruhiye elgin so sorry sorry ruhiye elgin does 
does the sparrow and i think she does uh, she's the best and uh, rukia garip is definitely more successful but if i look at the ruhia elgin's work both of them follow the same color scheme both of them i think they have learned from the same master and uh, their style is very same but if you look at uh, ruhia elgin's paintings and i will uh, write it down um, in the description their names uh, they are twin sisters and uh, i would in the beginning i thought they are daughters of watercolor uh, they, that that good they are so i looked at her bird paintings and they are um, full size paintings like a0 size painting 76 cm uh, by by 52 cm so that's just uh, just sparrows all those uh, and magnificent water watercolor work so once you capitalize on certain subject try also making bigger versions of them i currently have a2 size paintings a2 size uh, one of them is a1 i just have one a1 uh, size painting so that's um, that's not good enough uh, to, to get in very very big gallery or very good gallery of course a lot of galleries promote small works but if you really want to be ready uh, for, for a good gallery exhibition uh, you need to take care of a lot of things for instance size is one of them framing is another aspect of what frames suit your painting and especially with watercolor uh, the glare is a problem uh, that comes with the glass and then the studio lighting so your colors should be not like it depends on which gallery you're going so the, all those things um, what kind of saturation uh, in your colors is needed to suit for that gallery you know it's sometimes even if your work is great extremely good looks great in pictures uh, when actual exhibition happens and um, until and unless you have a very uh, unique idea of how galleries work like what kind of light there whether it's a white light or it's like a warm light that they're going to use and it it a lot of um, a lot of things that matters uh, so it's good to have um, a good body of work or something that you really do have multiple variations for the occasions you know you have to be ready for that occasion you can go to the same gallery and put put your four paintings on there and you you think two of them look looks great here from a third person and then uh, those those two should stay there the remaining two should stay in either in an online shop or in another gallery or just like a uh, like uh, anywhere you can display it or at your home so these are the things uh, that that you can do yeah we went way off topic there <laughs> but i think it was a good uh, uh, good perspective to look at your own paintings so let's come back uh, to the topic of control so there's not much uh, that uh, that i can talk about any more about the control of watercolor having a tissue or having a sponge 
will definitely help you nearby so the the concept is you don't drink a lot of water unless you have a bottle besides you same thing is is true with our habits so if you keep a tissue right next to your painting in your reachable distance right next to your um, uh, your board your panel it will always uh, it will become a habit that you touch the paper before you touch the tissue before you touch the paper so that's one of the habits that you can cultivate and it will help you in long run yeah and second thing is having um, another paper a rough paper where you can check your colors where you can check the intensity of the colors so i wanted to talk about thin and thick colors so i think uh, we can still t- we still have a little bit of time in this podcast and i can talk about it and it's it's a heavily misunderstood concept i will try to simplify it for you so the best way to understand thin color and thick color is to let's say i have a color green and it's it's a dark green color when you take it fresh out of tube or and you create a very thin mixture of it you you take some water and just the surface of the color and uh, we are still on the palette and you have thinned down that color but now you have your brush has some water and some color so if you mix very little amount of that color with very little amount of water it's still like the lightest um, the lightest value of that color and you again dip it in the in the tissue and then you, when you apply it it would be a thin color and then what is thick color so the thick color is like the the highest value of that paint and applied with again with little water and so the the amount of color is more than the amount of water so that becomes thick color and you apply and both in both the cases you have same amount of water one gives you very low value and one gives you very high value so this is what um, i believe is thin and thick colors and it's not been explained in many uh, books or in tutorials or in classes i uh, probably you're listening this for the first time as well and i don't uh, i talked about this to one another artist that i know and i i think i heard it somewhere uh, in an in an interview or or like in a podcast <coughs> by another artist so those are like the two or three instances that i heard it but this is a concept that i regularly use i i try to apply you use it too but you probably didn't might have not known the name or the term for it and i'm not sure if thin and thick colors is the right term for this as well but the same amount of water giving you with same color giving you two different results is is the key and core concept here so it it works especially in dry on dry on dry when you need the same colors uh, when you are painting a shadow side and you are painting a light side you need two uh, uniquely different versions of the same color uh, to uh, to paint 
and at that point of time how this control concept control of water control of flow concept works is it's um, it's amazing if you can if you're able to do this so uh, remember this this section is not too long but remember the same amount of water creating two different values with the same amount of same color is uh, if you can get it done uh, i think uh, you'll master the uh, the flow very easily yeah so thank you for listening today's podcast i recorded a few more episodes before that but i thought uh, it was not worthy enough to put it out i know i'm still very low on production value and this podcast is not very big uh, but i'm trying to give it a uh, a lot of hope and a lot of effort whenever i can find some time after my work i try to come back and uh, and i put up this episode together for you guys your um, support is highly appreciated do check out my skillshare class right now i do not have much social media uh, presence i'm not able to uh, to do any youtube because it takes a huge amount of energy and a huge amount of time that i'm not i don't have enough disposable time so i think podcast is one uh, medium where where i can really share what i feel about the art and i can also promote uh, my skillshare classes there I, in fact i i don't have much classes right now on skillshare so whatever i have it may not uh, be the best production value but if you uh, try and look at the concepts i think i try to convey the best of what i learn and best of i want you to learn as a as a upcoming artist and each time i put up a class i try to solve a problem i try to uh, convey an idea that can help you grow as a better artist all my classes are always in real time strokes so even if you want to paint along with that video you will still be cr- able to create a painting in one hour including the drawing so please do check out my st- skillshare class and enroll it will be a great help thank you so much for listening signing off wasu